and welcome to another episode of the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Jesse. Hello, I'm Mike Varley. La la la. <laughs> well, hello, Mike. <laughs> hello, Jesse. Oh, if you haven't guessed, we're doing Seinfeld this week. That's right. It took an extra week, but we have ourselves a Seinfeld episode to go with our Seinfeld walk. Yeah, that's right. Uh, two weeks ago, we walked Seinfeld and we delayed our podcast because we wanted to have a special guest on. And that special guest was Max Hersteiner. He's a friend of ours who has been recently working in my studio. So we filmed in my studio. So it's a whole new soundscape, a whole new visual landscape if you're watching. And we had a really fun time. Yeah, we did. So a little delayed gratification. You get the extra bonus of checking out what Jesse's studio looks like if you're uh, watching on YouTube. If you're not, it might be worth a, a peek to see what it looks like. And yeah, Max is a great guest, a, a devoted Seinfeld fan, and a really great sounding board for our enthusiasm for this particular walk. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and Max is also a musician. So at the end of the episode, we talked about his music a little bit, the way he creates music, and we also listed all the places you can go to hear what he's been making. Um, it's really great. I would recommend it. Really fun music that Max makes. And I'll put all the links to that in our note area on the YouTube page. That's right. Most recent project, Hirsch Guy. For so Instagram and all the various platforms for that. And as Jesse said, there'll be links available. You should check it out. And without further ado, let's get into the Seinfeld episode. Yeah, so we're so happy to be doing this with you, Max. Oh, I'm so happy I could be here too. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, for everyone watching, I guess we should just talk. Uh, we're currently in my studio. And part of the reason that we are filming in my studio is because it's cold outside <laughs> and yeah. it's nighttime and it's a place that we could be inside. But the other reason is because Max is here to talk about Seinfeld and Max has been working with me in my studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how, <laughs> what were you working on today? Well, uh, today it was uh, actually pretty orange. Today was specifically orange today. Super orange <laughs> yeah. on the orange boys. We used a soft orange tint two to three tablespoons in the mix and about 150 sweatshirts. Wow. <laughs> That's, yeah, that sounds about right. It's uh, just like piles and piles and piles. I can't wait to, I can't wait to move on to brown. <laughs> and maybe if I work hard enough, I can eventually get to blue. <laughs> it's like karate belts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it actually? Not in that order, no. I don't know what the... I uh, think, like, in different martial arts, like, brown belt is actually, like, the best, and then some brown belt isn't the best. Oh, okay, yeah. And is there even a blue belt? I don't, you know, I don't know Black belt is the best, arts. usually, right? I was... Isn't... I learned that black belt is the best. That's what I always thought. I think maybe in... 1980s movies taught me that black belt is the best. Right. And then, like, stripes. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know much about it. I mean, black is also like a really hard color to dye. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah, like, actually that's true from do, working do those, with like, you. Didn't we did a dipped thing together and it took like, oh, those jeans. It took and a it really took long time. so many 
um, dips and dips and dips. Like every time we'd be like, it's perfect. And then the next day I'd come in and be like, ah, it's still gray. I know, and you and I remember you were ordering darker and darker shades. Yeah, so yeah, like every like week I was black. like, I got more black. <laughs> you're like, let's see if jet black works. And you're yeah, like, exactly. Oh, kind of made a difference, but yeah. not really. Yeah, and it just stains everything. So maybe you guys should have like belt classes for the studio, and if you don't like either, either make it so that there's a tier system, or just everybody gets a color belt that they yeah. get to choose, and that's like. You're an orange belt. That could be I do fun. like those actually because when I was in camp, when I was a kid, yeah. when you would swim at the pool, yeah. you would learn, you would earn different, and they like they measured it by like sea animals. So like the first level was like a starfish, right? And, like the last level was like a great white shark or like Whoa. a dolphin or something like that. Did you make it all the way? Oh, you bet. <laughs> I'm always a winner. Yeah. No, nice. that's, I'm just kidding. I'm not, but. I was a good swimmer when I was a kid. Nice. Oh, that's great. I'm <laughs> jealous. I was like put in my high school class. We had swim class in sophomore year. And during freshman year gym, we had to take a swim test to like see which level you'd be in. And there were three levels and like all the swimmers and the athletes like got into the highest like advanced swimmers class. And then basically everyone else was in like the regular like intermediate swimmers class. And after the test I thought I did did really well like I swam back and forth I like didn't know the strokes but I was like whatever I'm like staying afloat and I like could like tread water mm -hmm. and afterwards my gym teacher called me aside and was like so um you're gonna have to go into the rudimentary swim class <laughs> which was like they had like a chair that would lower people into the water like, <laughs> like in that class like as an option because it was for people that like did not know how to swim or like were terrified of the water. it was the most embarrassing thing I ended up taking summer school with my friends so it wasn't it was like everyone was lumped together I didn't have to do like the rudimentary swim class but it was very embarrassing <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't get the great white shark. <laughs> I think I still have those pins. Like really? That, yeah, probably at my like folks' house. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, we should pivot to the subject at hand because we've been super excited to talk about it. Yeah. People have been asking us about it. Uh, I guess it makes sense that it would be one of the more popular root ideas. Yeah. But. I mean, I thought, like, when we said we were going to do a Seinfeld route, I was like, that's going to be so fun, because I like Seinfeld. But I also feel like, uh, I thought maybe people would think it was kind of, like, easy or lame or something, because there's these tours, you know, you can go on, like, a tour of the, to see the special TV houses or something like that. Right, yeah, um, or, like, maps to the stars' homes. But yeah, like yeah, exactly. This, it feels like, a little like all... Beverly Hills, kind of. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, people have been really psyched, and I've been more excited about it than I actually anticipated. Like, actually going to the places that I know so well from the show and seeing them in person along our route has actually been really fun yeah that is really cool and i always thought when i th thought about this i just always remember when people are like oh yeah i went and visited san francisco i saw the full house house <laughs> right, i'm like right. oh cool the full house house like it's like yeah right. and then now that i think about it there's so many like oh yeah there's so many places on seinfeld we went to like, i would one fiftieth of what there is available you know if oh that. yeah yeah we only yeah. hit the greatest hits basically yeah. And what was so impressive was um, I remember Jesse was telling me that 
there's a guy who like formed a database like yeah with like yeah jesse spoke all... with him yeah i'm so glad that you brought that up because um yeah maps.nothing.com um i got to speak <laughs> <laughs> i got so to speak funny. with the person that put that all together and i'll definitely link that all in our notes too um and it was amazing it's this guy that's from toronto and he got into do he just got into watching seinfeld at the beginning of or i guess in like the middle of his college time but because he was studying like really intense things with like a lot of like uh spreadsheets and notes and like math and stuff the way that he watched it was by making spreadsheets and notes and like doing math and finding all the locations um and it just became this like amazing website that's like the best resource ever <laughs> slash for... obsession slash yeah. obsession slash uh, borderline <laughs> are you okay <laughs> <laughs> totally love you i'm so glad somebody's doing it but, hey, but in like what's the up, best way like <laughs> yeah, no, so totally. like the the type of like intensity that i appreciate so much I, do, it's I like, do too there's only such a small amount of people that would actually put in the work to do something like that for and sure. then everybody can use it and like so many people i mean when i talked to him on the phone he said that like recently someone from turkey reached out and was like hey i've also been watching seinfeld and like i noticed that there's some spots like in my home country and like that's so exciting to me and i wanted to like add to your list and give like make sure that you have them all right and damn turkey yeah. i wonder which spots which spots he's talking yeah. about yeah well i can't so like think off the top of my I can't remember. <laughs> I, we should like consult the list and <laughs> they, thro they throw things, in but... so many just like, uh, Random, like stock X. footage, like, you know, uh, shots of like an area just to like, OK, now we're here for like 10 seconds about right. one minor character's backstory or something. Or even you know. just like I think places that are even just like referenced mm -hmm. are on the, uh, the okay, Nothing website as well. Yeah. So. I was just, yeah. I would love to see where the, like, I don't know, the location, like, the where Jay Peterman goes. Right, like right. That. Yeah. 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 Going, when I went on my trip to, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, actually, then, and when Jesse spoke with him, he, uh, he looked at the, he did some research of his own, of what we were doing, and looked at the map. And he was like, I, you know, I recognize all of the spots, but um, Firehouse 159, uh, that doesn't sound familiar. Can you tell me what that is? And that's what we use as our starting point for every, because we didn't want to put our home address on every single thing. So there's a firehouse like just half a block up, but like it, he was able to identify that there was one that didn't seem right in the entire map. Like he was pretty on point, you know, yeah. for some, a show that's been done for over 20 years now, you know, yeah, to totally. know exactly like, this doesn't, this doesn't match my data, you know? <laughs> wow, and even a website with so much data that's, like, been around for a while, too. Yeah. Um, I think he said it was 2004 yeah. that he completed it. Yeah. But, yeah. Are there any, were there any spots that, like, stood out to you, like, on that list? Or were there any places that you guys wanted to go to, like? Like, the most? The most. Or something like on that list that you're like oh i never would have thought of going there but like yeah let's check that place out i mean honestly like all of them aside from like the soup nazi which we did go to 
and the Tom's restaurant, which is like the monks. Yeah, those diner. are like the two. That's those are like the two obvious ones that everybody would want to go like to. Like the Seinfeld tour, like classic. Right. You yeah. have to go there. Yeah. Um, one, I think my favorite spot that we went that was like the most exciting because it's kind of just like a random little note. But First Avenue and First Street, which is the nexus of the universe, I think that's my favorite. I don't, do you remember that? It's from the episode, season the nine maid, episode, the maid, where like Jerry gets a maid and is like sleeping with his maid, and he's and paying then, her, and he's like, "Is it a maid anymore?" <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and then Kramer has a girl. Like in the same episode, Kramer has a girlfriend that lives downtown and they're all joking about like wow downtown might as well be a different country yeah long distance relationship yeah. yeah and then he goes downtown to visit his girlfriend and like calls jerry from a payphone and is like all freaked out he's like i don't know where i am i don't know where i am oh my god wait i'm at first and first how can that be i must be at the nexus of the universe and like is freaking out and uh it's only referenced that one time but it's like such a good line and like yeah, something I had, I would never have thought, I go to first and first plenty of times, and I'm always like, oh, first and first, easy to remember. But now it's just so much easier to remember. It's also funny how they perceive uh, uh, downtown. Right. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So there's like <laughs> several, there's several threads I want to pursue, especially what you just said. But before we go too deep, because that's actually the first stop on the route, so we can pick up from that at any point. I did have a question that I would ask like anybody that was in, in interested in Seinfeld, which is especially for like our general age group. Like I'm, I'm like five years older than Jesse. I know mm -hmm. she's roughly the same age as you. Yeah. And so like that actually probably has a meaningful difference as to whenever we picked it up. Cause like when it was over, I was 14. When it started, I was like five or six, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so I was curious, like, how is it that you came across it? Did you watch any of it, like, when it was actually out? Or oh, was yeah. It like, you did? Oh, yeah. It was, like, we, we watched it on Thursdays. Yeah. It was, like, my sisters loved Friends, and they loved ER. Yeah. I didn't really care for either of those yeah, shows, yeah. but I loved Seinfeld, and that was right in between. Okay. Oh, I think nice. also Mad About You was on it, too. But, no, it doesn't. I that, don't think Mad About You was at the beginning, I think, and then it tailed off towards the end. Like in the early 90s, mid 90s, Mad About You was on. Yeah, yeah I remember mm. that too. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we used to watch that all the time. And also, like, when I was a kid, like, they would rerun it, like, every night. Yeah. Yeah. With The Simpsons. Yeah. So it'd be like Simpsons and Seinfeld. Totally. Are you local? Did you grow up locally or? No, I grew up in Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That feels kind of low. It's like at least East Coast. Yeah, it's a couple hours yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, did your parents watch it too, or was yeah, it just yeah. you and your sisters? Uh, my parents watched it too. It was yeah. a whole family affair. Yeah, it was a whole family affair. Nice. It kind of still is, actually. Really? Like, we're still cracking Seinfeld jokes. Nice. Nice. And I don't see them very often, and I haven't seen them uh, in a while, but every time that we all gather, like, there's always, like, one night where we'll watch a few episodes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's really fun. That's awesome. It's, yeah, and my sister's uh, husband... Actually, both my sisters, uh, my, both of my brother-in-laws, brothers-in-law, love Seinfeld. So it's just, like, really easy to, like... Family affair. Yeah. That's nice. We're all on the same wavelength when yeah. it comes to Seinfeld. 
Yeah. And are your sisters older than you? Yeah. Nice. Like how much older? Uh, one's four years older and the other is seven. Okay. And they both live in Boston still. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're always cracking Seinfeld jokes. Nice. Like all the time. Actually, uh, it's kind of weird because, you know, it wasn't until like just now that I like am starting to get like a little teeny tiny bit burnt out on it oh because, really? <laughs> really yeah yeah, oh. yeah well i've been i've been crushing it for you know like i don't know like over 20 years yeah yeah, yeah sure 20 almost 30 years yeah knows, yeah so i'm just like and now it's on the streaming service so you can like watch any episode you want Anytime, yeah yeah and what's like when you're watching it Typically, what's your level of engagement like? Is it on in the background? Or are you very focused? Or are you you're doing something? <laughs> yeah, I'm like... usually watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it cracks me up every yeah, yeah. time too. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Just the pace is so good. It's oh, so good, it. especially the later ones. Like I feel like, I mean, I also, um, I don't know if I watched any of it as it was actually coming out. I might have, but like my dad would put it on. So I'd watch it with him and then my mom would watch it too. And like, yeah, it was something that everyone could enjoy. And even like when I was younger, whether they were like, they were new ones or not, it was like appropriate enough that I don't think my parents cared, but also like inappropriate enough that it was like, I was like, oh, what? Like, what is that? That's fun. <laughs> This is funny. And like a little bit like something I'm not usually like allowed to watch or something. Right. Yeah. Um, But I feel like, because of that, I probably caught a lot more of the older ones. And the pacing on the last seasons is insane. I know. It's so wacky. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> the plots just throw you off guard, like, or catch you, like, catch you off guard so quick. Yeah. It like, takes such a quick right turn and or left like, turn. And just, like, so many things happening all at once. And then somehow they all, like merge in the weirdest way and it's like so it's just so perfect because it's like it's all so obviously like beautifully written but it's also somehow like realistic mm -hmm. in a weird way i love how i love how it complements how realistic it is with how unrealistic it is yeah yeah, they, I mean, they definitely create this tight universe, which is like, yeah, I, I haven't, I'm sure there's been like all sorts of like criticism, like academic criticism and stuff like that, like written about Seinfeld. I'm, I haven't seen any of it, but I'm sure like people have invested the time. We spent this time watching all the episodes that corresponded to the, the route we were on. Mm -hmm. And it more or less, um, not intentionally, just happened to really take us through like one or two episodes each season. And like watching how the pacing evolves is remarkable because the first couple of seasons, it's more like a, like almost like an all in the family type pacing, like uh, where it's like it's slower. They're also like doing a lot more like different camera stuff, whereas like by, by the time season four or five comes around, it's like they know exactly what they want to do with the camera. They're not really trying to do anything fancy or different. It's really just like boom, boom, boom. And uh, and yeah, like I, at one time, uh, there was a period of time where I was just curious to like figure out like how you would write an episode of Seinfeld. So I just watched it to like figure out how long the camera, like you were in a given scene. 
And like some of the later episodes, you're not like 45 seconds is the longest amount of time you're like in one setup before they go to like another beat where like we follow Kramer for a little bit to, to get where his story is. And then we follow Elaine for a little bit. And then we follow yeah. George. Then we go back to Kramer who's intersected with Jerry. And like they're only like 15 to 20 seconds. Right. And then it's like play the bass. <laughs> and then yeah. like here's another thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, like a great example is like when they run into friends on the street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like, hey, how's it going? Something weird happens. Some weird exchange. Yeah. And it's really short, but it's yeah. so significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just continues. Yeah, yeah. And you don't, you're just like, okay, I don't know why that's significant yet. Because they couch it in like a joke. You know, it's yeah. like a very jokey thing. It's like, all right, I, I, you don't even necessarily think like this is going to play, but you know it will. And then it does, you know, at some point. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, also the like... I don't think they did this in the beginning, but starting a few seasons in, how there's like long running jokes where like you might meet that friend on the street and they'll say something that doesn't even come in till the end of the, like it might not even come in till the next episode sometimes in like the later seasons. And I feel like it's like in a perfect way where it like kind of doesn't matter if they don't plug it in. But it also, and it doesn't really matter if you don't know what they're talking about when they reference it later. But if you get it, you're like, oh my god, like, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> you feel special. You're like, did they do, did they plant that there for me? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, there, there was a wild one that we, I mean, I certainly didn't get when it was on, and we wouldn't have gotten if we just hadn't happened to see these two episodes like back to back. But um, when Elaine works for Pendant Publishing. And uh, it's Mr. Pitt, Plitt or Mr. Pitt? Mr. Lippman? No, Lip Lippman. Yeah. Mr. Pitt is the... Mr. Pitt's the, like, wealthy yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. The... He's, just, <laughs> he's just wealthy and she works for him. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lippman, yeah. Uh, when uh, she's oh, yeah. dating Jake Jarmel, I think, who's, like, the perfect guy, but she, he doesn't put an exclamation point. Uh, on uh, a baby a, announcement. You know, her friend had a baby. She he was taking a a, a phone message, and the friend was going to have a oh, baby, yeah, and he didn't write an exclamation point. So she dumped him. Right? Okay. <laughs> and then, but like, but then she started adding exclamation points yes. in all of her edits. Yes, yeah, of his, his book. book. And she was, and Mr. Lipman was like, "You can't do this." Okay, you remember that? He's like, "So, so I decided to go to the store." Exclamation yeah, yeah, yeah. point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, three seasons three seasons later, uh, she's not working for Mr. Lippman anymore, and uh, it's the Kramer reality tour. And the muffin uh, tops. And the muffin tops. And Mr. Lippman decides to start the top of the muffin top to you. Top of the muffin to you. Because yeah. he, like, he got fired or something like that. I can't because remember. Because they were at, a, they were at, like, a gathering together and Elaine was just eating the top of a muffin and Mr. Lippman just happened to be there. And she was know. like, it's the best part anyway. She's, right. like, yeah, yeah. she's like just stuffing herself. She's like, it's the best part of the muffin. Right, anyway. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And something so, stupid like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember why he doesn't work at Penn and Publishing anymore. There's probably another episode we didn't see where it's explained. But he opens up the muffin shop and it's top of the muffin to you with an exclamation point. And Elaine goes to Penn, uh, uh, Lippman and is like, you know, we got to lose the exclamation point, though. And he's like, no, the exclamation point is what makes it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. three seasons later. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> like they don't reference the idea that, like, that is the joke, like, that is the larger meta joke. Like, she just lets it go. Or, But, like, if you are a fervent watcher, like, or if you just happen to see them, like, two next to each other for some yeah. random reason, then you get the joke. And I'm sure there are tons of jokes like that. Because it's Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Like, I'm sure they just kind of, you know, 
bake it all in. Yeah. Oh, damn, that's a good catch. Yeah. It's really, yeah. I love Mr. Lippman episodes. Like yeah. the one where his uh, where his son has uh, the bar mitzvah. So she brings him Yahtzee and she he kisses her. Oh, right, right. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then at the end, Mr. Lippman tries kissing Elaine. Oh, yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Was, it, was that the Schick's Appeal episode? Uh, I can't I think remember. so. I don't remember. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, yeah, like she, she, she has this hold over Jewish men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah the, it's, oh, or it's the, the Kavorka. There's the guy with the glasses at the end, and he's like. <laughs> the yeah. rabbi? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ra- no, I'm not sure. Yeah, it is the rabbi. Okay, the yeah. rabbi asks him yeah, yeah. on a date. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rabbi <laughs> comes in periodically, too. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we should... Okay, now let's kick off the actual uh, walking things with the nexus of the universe, circling okay. back to that. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to touch on what you said before about downtown, because it blows my mind, too. Like, like, downtown is like no man's land on Seinfeld yeah. in a lot of ways. Like there, there, there's, I mean, there's that episode where Kramer's lost for some reason, mm-hmm. but like pretty much everything happens from the Upper West Side to Midtown and there's not much else going on downtown. Yeah. Even though uh, Jerry himself would probably have spent and probably, and, you know, did spend a lot of time downtown as a comedian, you know, but. You would think so, yeah, or at least like in Midtown. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I never really realized that actually until this week that we've been watching it. Because I think I watched a lot of Seinfeld like in my at my parents' house growing up, and then maybe like would watch it sometimes, but never really like, yeah, never really put that together like how non downtown they are. And it's bizarre for me because of like ever since I've lived in New York, like you know the first place I lived was in the East Village and then have only moved, like, downtown or Brooklyn from there. I almost don't even, like, I know there is, of course, but when I think of, like, uptown, like, where they live in Seinfeld, I, like, don't even think of, like, anything right there. Yeah, yeah. I think of, like, culture or, like, anything, like, loud or edgy or anything. Totally. It's so weird. I, I just think of, like, people... I mean, I'm obviously, I know I'm wrong. There's plenty of stuff going up in those neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think of it as the same thing as, like, you know, things happening downtown. It's pre-COVID. Right. I'm talking, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, there's. It's bland. That's that's the word, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, it's generally not, you know, you can't make. You can't say everything's completely any one thing, right? right. But it's like generally an affluent area. Yeah. You know, people that have money. It's generally, there are a lot of uh, like Jewish institutions, like Zabar's, Barney Greengrass, things like that, like where that might be what you would be thinking of. But it's it's also like the buildings are like immaculate. It, and it's it feels like very um sanitized up there mm-hmm. or just like everything's just in its place i just think of like doormen right yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah and uh so i mean it kind of when again we're watching these episodes i know like i've i've seen interviews with jerry i've certainly watched a lot of comedians and cars getting coffee you know like i'm interested in his whole thing and my understanding is that he was never 
one of the guys to like hang out after the shows so much. Like he was definitely not a drugs guy. Like he was not in the Richard Lewis uh, crowd of like guys that were like getting all screwed up on drugs. Like yeah. he was he was more of like, uh, you know, he he did his thing. He loved comedy. He would talk to com about comedy with anybody, but then he'd go away. He wouldn't stay, you know, and do that. And then I guess it seems like from that perspective, the Upper West Side makes more sense because it's like not, you know, like a drug spot. You know, not really like it doesn't have that grittiness or that, yeah. that you know, type of thing. I, I don't know. So that's kind of where they had, that's where they kind of like set the location, do you think, based on how he... Um, His life, I think. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yes, yeah, so, uh, how yeah. he like uh, separated himself from his circuit or the, the, the comedy circuit. It seems Not, that way. I mean, and yeah. that, like, the, you know, when you talk about season four, the pilot, which is, you know, like, a lot of that season is based on them trying to get the show made. Oh, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> it's like the... <laughs> it's funny, this is called Jerry. It's so yeah. funny. But it's, like, you know, it's, he's, they're literally pitching as, yeah, it's just your life. This is what you do, you know? And, like, his actual home is only, like, one block away from where the fictional home is. Yeah. It's on West 81st Street, and, like, his, yeah, his is, like just a block closer to Central Park, you know. Well, like, what you're saying about how he didn't, in real life, didn't, like, hang out with comedians after and do drugs and stuff like that, it's reminding me of one of the episodes that we watched was The Sniffing Accountant. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? Where Kramer goes to the to the club to, like... To, like... To Pete's Tavern, which is one of the locations we went to on oh, 18th went to Street. Pete's. Which yeah, is yeah. downtown. Downtown. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's exactly. Like funny that... It's like wearing a turtleneck and, like, yeah. little, like, John yeah, yeah. Lennon glasses. It's yeah. so like, here's good. to good living. Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. to... <laughs> here's to having fun all the time, or what? Uh, no. Here's to feeling good all the time. Feeling good, here's all, the feeling time. good all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, that is an amazing... I, I read that that take where he's, like, smoking a cigarette and chugging a beer. Like, he did all of like that was real and right. like he flips the cigarette around and like puts it backwards in his mouth like that was real how he did that like he's an amazing physical comedian how the heck did they find that guy Seriously, well he like, was on he's uh, just so jittery and yeah. like perfect yeah. yeah they thought about using tony shalhoub that was like an option yeah who's and, tony shalhoub uh, monk, monk? Oh, I love Tony Shalhoub. I love him too. He was on and Wings he, as well. I mean, he's he had a very successful. He would have the... made like a great Kramer, but like so different. It would have been really, really it's different. It's so perfect as but it is. I can actually picture. That's fun to think about. Like right. if it were him, he's yeah. on the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Too, yeah. Right? yeah, he's great on that. Yeah, yeah. he's really he's great good. on that yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the really the physical comedy that exists in Seinfeld I, I I mean Kramer obviously you know but like all of them to some degree I mean Jerry is probably George. the weakest of the four yeah but George running yeah and like falling down and yeah, yeah. George being like like trying to also Newman when Newman and snows Newman, jambalaya yeah. and he starts running Jumb down the side yeah 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 yeah, well, yeah, George falling when he's saying Vandalay Industries in the the episode where he has uh, oh, it's the Keith Hernandez down. episode, yeah, yes. where he's he's trying to convince Kramer not to you know not to blow it, and Elaine uh, also I mean she's always pushing people you know like get out yeah. and uh, when she does the dancing and like she, I mean and it's not like it's not like Jerry doesn't have those things but he's like the quintessential straight man for everybody else's insanity you know mm -hmm. so <laughs> it's just anytime he brings it up a notch. It almost seems awkward because that's not what his role is, you know. 
uh, but he can he can bring it just as much as anybody too. So. <laughs> He's but kind of the secret weapon, actually. Yeah, yeah. All the other characters are so loud, and he's tame. And then every so often he'll bring it. Yeah, real yeah. hard. Well, back in the like the vaudeville days, like Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello, like the uh, the straight man versus the the physical comedian always got paid more. Cause, oh really? Yeah, because it was considered like uh, a lesser comedy art to do all the mm. uh, physicality. And the idea was like, oh, the, they're replaceable. Like, the straight man is the one that was important. Oh, that's so, so wild. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know that it would be the same. I mean, I'd, I guess Seinfeld probably wouldn't be a good judge. because. I wonder if Chris Farley got paid less than David Spade did. I think by the time that, that's a great question. I think by the time that, that came around, it wasn't, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, sure. I, I think it was, people realized, like, funny is funny, you know. And, like, also with, I think, um, uh, like cameras being a bigger thing, like actual recorded versions, mm -hmm. people were like, I want to see that person, you know, not just like, I'm here to see a comedy act with a guy that's, you know, bumbling around and a guy right. that's like telling the jokes, you know? Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Kramer is, I, you know, it, it just anytime he comes on, it's crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Which that actually was something I've noticed recently watching it too. I think everyone feels that way because when there's, I guess, is it a live audience? That's true. It is. Every time Kramer comes in the door at Jerry's apartment, you like, not every time I should, sometimes it's a huge cheer. Well, most times it is not every time. I noticed that as well. I, and what I've observed based on the episodes we saw is that like seasons three and four, is like a Beatles like phenomenon. Like the people that are cheering when like the different characters come on, it's not just like, hey, they're here. It's like, yes, they're here. This is amazing. Yeah, oh my God, like, I've, been, I've been waiting my whole yeah. life for this. Yeah, like you, you catch the cultural phenomenon of Seinfeld. Like, because the first couple of seasons, I mean, the first season, they didn't even know if it was going to be still right. on. And they found their water level and then like it became a phenomenon. And then like towards the later ones, it's not that it wasn't a phenomenon. It was more just like, well, this is expect like you have to perform at this level oh, every episode, and yeah. so like there wasn't that same level of like Beatlemania. I think right. I really don't think I I truly understood the level of uh, popularity yeah. that the show had when I was watching it as a kid. Yeah, yeah me neither. I was like watching that Michael Jordan documentary. Like, oh a yeah, I was gonna ago. bring that up. At some point. And there's like a scene where Jerry comes into the locker room and just yeah. says, what's up to Michael? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's up there with, Jerry's up there with Michael. Totally. Like, all right. Totally. I mean. I guess. Yeah, That's him. so crazy. Yeah. I, I think we, well, we, uh, before we started the actual walking part of our project, we did like four or five podcast episodes. Uh, and one of the weeks we talked about the Jordan documentary because, you know, we were sitting around. We couldn't walk yet. We watched the whole thing. And I feel like him, Michael Jordan, Jerry Seinfeld, Michael Jordan, and Bill Clinton are like the three of <laughs> the most prominent uh, shapers of American culture in the 90s. 90s? Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. honestly, I have, I have like really deep complaints about each of like how they decided to like live their lives. Like in that like they're, I think that we're still contending with some issues of like 
kind of indifference to like the rest of the world around us because of their behavior. I mean, Clinton's a different thing because it's a political thing, but like Jordan and still a pop and, culture icon though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, when you talk about like the uh, the crime bill that they passed and like the super mm -hmm. predator thing, where like mm -hmm. they tried, they wanted to be. I mean, neoliberal. They they basically like we're going to take some positions of the Republicans in order to show strength, so that we can have votes. But it became problematic way down the line because it created this awful, you know, imprisonment system. Uh, with with Jordan, we 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 had talked about it. It was like it was really troubling to me, especially because we're doing all this clothing stuff, right? Where like we're trying to identify where the clothes come from and whatnot, and like he was he just signed up for Nike and was like, let's ride this as hard as we can. And like, yeah. not I'm not going to give a second thought about where these clothes are coming from or anything like that. We're just going to make a shit ton of money based on my branding, you know? And like, he really felt like, you know, uh, that the in the Jordan documentary, there was a, a political race where people were pressuring him to like come down on one oh, side. Yeah. It was like a Senate race in North Carolina. Right. And he was I like, he, he said, Republicans buy my shoes too, you know? And... He thought it was his place, or he thought it was not his place to insert himself into those types of conversations. Must be tough being that popular and picking a side. Totally, I or having yeah. an opinion of that matter. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think, anything. I think, especially if you get that popular because like everyone likes you and because you are kind of like uninvolved, it must, yeah. Like I don't I mean, want to let anyone down. Yeah, yeah, or, like, I don't want anyone to, like, start fighting me or start, like, saying bad things about me. Yeah. Yeah. And so in a, a similar way, I feel the same way about Jerry. I mean, the a show about nothing, right? You know, like, you spend nine years making a show about nothing. But, like, really, it's not a show about nothing. Like, it has to connote some things, ultimately. Like, it is seeping into the culture in some meaningful way. And... You know, I, I agree and 100% with what you say. It's like, it must be difficult to come down on a side. But at, when you have, when you've accumulated that much level of like pop culture power and influence, like it feels important to me to like, at least make it clear that you're on some type of good side or like just, mm. just pick something where I can feel like you're using all of this attention that's being given in a way that influences the world positively rather than totally being like i abstain because it's not my responsibility to do this and yeah. it's like but you have all this power you know like yeah. just just saying i am not you know it's not my job uh i i don't feel like that's sufficient enough for me you know it's been it's been quite uh it's been quite uh interesting tracking other uh celebrities and and uh uh, figures around the world over the past four years too because there were a lot of people that wouldn't say shit like during these past four years totally yeah, yeah. finally yeah some it's people true. are eventually it I mean some took longer than others but they're finally people are finally starting to say stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and I think that I mean I don't know if it's like that concept in general I don't know if it's that I'm getting older. I hate that, like, I hate using that, but whatever. I don't know if it's that I'm, like, <laughs> getting older and wiser or whatever and, like, more comfortable speaking about things myself or if it's our culture changing or what. Like, I do think there's something 
that like you could maybe get away with maybe 10 or 15 years ago being like I don't want to get involved and now like I think we do all see that that's pretty lame (laughs) to like be a public figure and not get involved also I don't think it was even really like that cool to be like active like even four years ago like you know yeah or like pre pre um pre-trump 2016 election definitely i just think the past four years it's like really cool to be yeah i think it's cyclical you know like i so kind of this larger theory i just trash on keep trashing on jerry until i can praise him again at some point but like (laughs) you know uh i think about like the 60s right which was like that was a time to there was a lot of people that were politically active uh, at least, you know, romantically, I wasn't there, but that's how I understand it, that there are a lot of people that were politically engaged. There's also this concept of free love for the first time, you know, where, like, we're going to get rid of, like, the uh, sexual mores problems. Like, you know, we're, you know, we're not going to be beholden to, like, religious ideas of what sexuality is. We're, we're going to embrace sexuality and, and treat it as, like, a beautiful thing. And then that got, that whole thing got soundly defeated by Richard Nixon and that and then like the 70s was kind of like uh, drugs and like we're just going to do sex but we're not going to like have any like necessarily like you know like free love like positive feelings associated with it and I think like when I when I look at the the episode like Seinfeld and I'm not sure that this existed before in a sitcom or in like any type of media but like every week they have different romantic partners every single week you know and like i honestly like i thought about it today like that seems totally normal to me when you talk about like they create this universe that feels really real but it's also unreal Mm -hmm. like because it's such a tight logic to the each episode i don't question the fact that he probably had like 200 different romantic partners and george who at best is an average looking guy and at worst is a like miserable human being has been with like 150 different people and you know and kramer and elaine they're all with different people and like we don't like stop to think like or like i you know my parents not that they did a bad job like they didn't stop and talk to me or you know no none of the other parents stopped and been like you know this isn't real no like you know not everybody dates somebody every week right (laughs) but like but i kind of think like that informed us growing up where it's like oh yeah you just have as many partners as you you know want and like it's totally normal and like not only is it normal like that'd be it's it is i think acceptable to live that your life that way potentially Mm -hmm. but like it's almost like unacceptable if you can't reach that threshold of like i'm gonna have as many partners as possible while i like while i am not married in a relationship it is normal for me to like have a different relationship and then like get out of that relationship like get into a relationship get out of a relationship you know like there there's just like for no like i mean and that's like part of why the show is so funny is because like yeah elaine broke up with someone because he didn't put an exclamation point and like every time they break up with like it's like well her laugh was crazy or her like what her face changed i mean the two-faced one is like yeah Yeah. all so shallow (laughs) and like yeah not always just like physical shallow but like so superficial and like 
that's why it's so funny because it's so absurd but I guess I haven't really thought about that but you're kind of onto something like it definitely doesn't encourage people to like work through like differences with each other or like figure out common ground or like work on a relationship like oh I like this person except for this one thing I'm sure we can talk about it like it it teaches like blow up freak out go tell your friends how crazy they were and like laugh about it and the only time it's like resolved is at the very end of the show when they're all uh like when when you find out that they're bad people <laughs> yeah <that's very laughs> right. yeah and like i mean it's great i think the counterpoint that maybe he would make or you know the, the show creators would make is that like it's all like the platonic ideal of comedy right which is mm -hmm. to say like we just strip out all the emotion all the like surrounding context of what this could mean because we're just trying to make a show about like jokes you know, jokes 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 mm -hmm. and like not worry about like the fact that you know there hundreds of people are getting dumped over reasons that are completely trivial these people are complete infants when it comes to maintaining relationships and like <laughs> Uh, and because, I guess because they probably presume, like, well, nobody would assume life is that way. But, like, I certainly, I mean, they they are probably some of the most meaningful adult role models I had growing up. Which sounds perverse, <laughs> but, like, if you watch it an hour a day after The Simpsons for, like, five years, you know, and then you watch it, I mean, you're 20 years, you know, like, people just watching this all the time. Like, it it, it goes in somewhere, you it know? sticks with you. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It I mean, definitely shaped my. It definitely shaped my humor. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I like to look I... out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I perform. Yeah. Totally. I was actually gonna specifically ask you that because I did not think about these other things, and I think you're onto something in some way. Although I'm sure we all had other role models for like how to shape our relationships, but <laughs> the thing that I think is really positive about it is that I think it has like shaped a culture of humor that people can understand without putting words to it. And like, I feel like I see that in like, the things you say and the things you like do and how you perform and like, I mean, do you feel like you have a way to explain how it's shaped your uh, It definitely like helped me realize that I enjoy when people don't take themselves too seriously or you can make fun of them, but it's not really, they want you to do it. Uh -huh. So I think of the, those characters when I watch it. You notice all the the horrible characteristics about them and how the whole show is revolved around that. It made me want to... <laughs> I just don't ever want to take my performing too seriously. And I always want to be people to make fun of me. And it's just fun. That that's how I like to go about my life. So I think it has had a pretty significant impact on <laughs> how I go about my life all day, right. every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And like the, I think it that I think in our like whole generation, there's an element of being able to be like kind of an asshole in a way that like you know is funny and that if people get that humor they know it's funny and you know they know and like you can kind of like play on the surface of that mm -hmm. um so i think that's a benefit to like how it, what it's 
given our generation? I think, uh, yeah, and that might just be one of those things that is beyond positive or negative and it's just like so foundational. Yeah. I guess it just is what it is, yeah. Yeah, because I, I also think it could potentially make it so that people have a hard time being sincere with each other. Mm. But, I mean, whatever. We can figure out other ways to do that. But I do think that it, I think, yeah, I mean, it is informed a whole other like the past 20 years 30 years of like stand-up comedy like uh, i think that some of our biggest truth tellers in society now are stand-up comics right mm -hmm. you know in a way that like maybe that used to be priests or you know people that like uh were um morally like they were their whole their whole vibe was talking about morals now our morals are tempered with comedy at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like it can be something that's actually like risque or like not like like a direct message of like hope or change or anything like that. But you hope that people get that message, you know, and uh, and if at any time the the real trick to that is if at any time people come at a stand up comic and like say that they're you know, their message isn't pure or they're like somehow uh, offending another thing or, or like setting back culture, then they can be like, hey, it's just comedy, you know, like, yeah. you know, lay off me. It's just comedy. It's just a joke. You can't take a joke. Whereas like people that are like sincerely communicating morality can't hide behind that type of thing. They have to either stand up and, and say what they're saying or, or not, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think it's a different type of quality of how we're communicating in terms of what's good or bad. And and yeah, it's fun. To, I, I think that America has a tremendously sophisticated sense of humor. Uh, and that isn't to belittle any other country. I just I really think that like the idea that we have like the freedom of speech is such like a thing that we talk about. And, and like the idea it's like you have a right to offend people. And the idea that like, I don't know, it, we're also just like such a huge exporter of media that um, yeah, we like like Seinfeld is something that's like a cultural shorthand, you know, like we have all of these like tremendous like shorthands for comedy that we can just employ in a conversation like before. I mean, we, it's Seinfeld specific, but we got some Thai food and then you would reference the Thai iced tea and you made a, a reference to Banya. <laughs> uh, it's gold, Jerry, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that was like, you didn't have to explain what that was. It wouldn't have mattered if we were recording this episode or not. Like we all would have known what that was, you know? Yeah. And that's just like one sliver of this probably like larger tapestry of comedy influences Americans have that they can access mm -hmm. at any point, you know? Well, there's a bunch of, uh, I can't remember the list now. Maybe you guys remember some of these things, but like there's also a number of things that have just come from Seinfeld that we take for granted, like uh, the idea of like re-gifting. Oh, yeah. Apparently oh, like it's re-gifting and like the double dip. <laughs> and the double dip. Sure. And the yada, yada, yada. Or Yeah. <laughs> I love when they, they come up with terms for that. And if you go into... Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm -hmm. Marty Funkhauser becomes a, a practicing Jew mm -hmm. and doesn't want to go play in the golf competition because it's during the Sabbath. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And Larry's like, oh, you're co-faxing us? Because <laughs> Sandy co-faxes oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, not yeah. starting the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I love gosh. when they, like, make it, they, like, coin something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy when it, like, they coin something and it's funny. Probably, like, whenever it first was said, it was like, oh, that's funny and silly. But then it, like, becomes a real, like, a thing. Yeah. That you don't, you, like, lose where it even came from. Yeah, totally. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we actually, I keep saying that we should, but we should go over the locations. We'll do it quicker. Okay. So we started with the Nexus of the Universe, right? First yeah. and First Avenue. We walked over the Williamsburg Bridge, and we, we started there. And then from there, we go to the Sniffing Accountant episode, which is Pete's Tavern. Where um, is Pete's Tavern? That's on 18th. 18th, 18th and 3rd, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's still a Pete's Tavern. It's still Pete's Tavern. Yeah, cool, it was. Cool. It's funny. It uh, it says on the exterior, the bar O Henry made famous. Uh, o Henry, the the short story writer who wrote Gift of the Magi and uh, whatnot. But now it's kind of like the bar that Seinfeld also made famous. Very cool. Right. Yeah. Was it open? They uh, were opening it. They were putting up Christmas decorations. And I'm sure they're having like takeout beers that everyone can drink outside. Or something yeah, like that. it looked like they had a little like outdoor seating. Got yeah. it. Yeah. But fortunately, it did not look like it was in any trouble, which I uh, can't say the same for every location that we visited. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the locations like became something or something different now. Yeah. Yeah, at well, least one of them, which I, I told you already, but we'll tell it when yeah. we get to yeah, it. I do remember. I can't remember which one you... Perfect. <laughs> which which uh, one it was. And so there was a, there, there is a, a place that still exists but not as it was in the uh, in the show's time. So there was the um, it's now the producers club, mm -hmm. and formerly it was I don't know if it was the improv I, I forget oh, what it was. Oh, the improv theater, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. but that's it's... on Forty Fourth and Ninth, and uh, that is also the site of where the. Uh, J. Peterman reality tour started. Oh, the one that Kramer started. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. so good. That's the so that's season eight. That's the <laughs> Muffin Tops episode that we uh, referenced yep. as well. Um, but yeah, now it is the um, it's the producers club still, and that's also you know all the opening uh, went back when they did the first I don't know six seasons or however when he was doing the stand up as like the intro and the outro of the show. Yeah. That's where they did all of those recordings. At the improv club? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, that was, that was a pretty good episode. I feel like that one wasn't as good as some of the other ones we watched, personally. Like Jerry has, he's shaving his chest. Oh, uh, that's the And same he's one. like a werewolf yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what else? Uh, that's the, the Lipman top of the muffin. And, uh, and Kramer has the best. Oh, I, I did like this one. This is probably my favorite storyline where George poses as a tourist to date that girl from the tourism board. Oh, yeah. And she's that. like, you'll never make it in this city, George. And he, like, uh, moves out of his apartment to move back in and, like, uh, you know, tells her she got the job with the Yankees. And then Mr. Steinbrenner finds out he was working for the chicken place back in Arkansas. So he gets traded to Arkansas for a bucket of chicken or something. <laughs> it was just, that was funny. I, yeah. I also like that one because George is wearing uh, fun clothes. He's wearing someone else's clothes the whole time. He was like asked to watch a suitcase and then the guy never comes back. So he like wears all of his clothes. Oh yeah. That, and so he ends up looking like a tourist. Yeah. 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 So then uh, after that, uh, we go to the soup Nazi one. 
which I never, have you ever been to the Soup Nazi? No. Yeah. Go on. No, like... but Max has a story about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A soup Nazi story. Oh, yeah. Tell us. Uh, I was leaving class and I was walking through Union Square. Yeah. And there was a big Seinfeld tour bus. And I was like, hmm, Seinfeld tour bus. This is kind of crazy. I thought it was just a bus with like a huge Seinfeld commercial. Yeah. So I like went closer to the bus and I saw the Soup Nazi there. And he was like handing things out. He was the running the tour? I think he was just un, somebody on the show. Oh, okay. Or on the tour. Yeah. And he was, like, giving out autographs. Okay. And they were, like, promoting something Seinfeld. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But if you go on the bus, I just saw, I was, like, half asleep, and I was walking by, and I was like, oh, my God. And went over to him, and I was like, you're the fucking soup Nazi. <laughs> He's like, yep, no soup for you. And he said, <laughs> he said it really normally, too. Yeah. His name's Larry Thomas. Yeah. Got a picture with him. Got his autograph. Yeah. This was all at like 9.30 in the morning. Too. Yeah. So I was like, Jesus And you're in Christ. college and like, uh. So to yeah. clarify, is this the soup Nazi from the show or the actual like real life soup Nazi? The one from the show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked like he hadn't aged a, a day. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. He looked exactly the same. He's wearing the same outfit. And then I went on the bus and then they had all these great Seinfeld, uh, you know, fame, like, George's mom as a doll. Oh, yeah, And the yeah. puffy shirt and the Gore-Tex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Among many other things yeah. on the bus. But that was, like, a really funny morning. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's my Soup Nazi story. Nice. It's, it's so great good. that when, like, people can embrace that, you know? Like, yeah. this is what I'm going to be known for for the rest of my life. So, like, yeah, I'm going to just ride it out. Yeah, you know? he was. she's probably been riding it out for... 20 years 20, almost. 20 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably made some good money from it, too. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, now my phone, because we've been searching Seinfeld, like, my phone is now telling me about all the Seinfeld stuff. Apparently, he makes, like, over 100K a year, okay. you know, doing stuff, so. Just, like, probably, like, appearing at parties and yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, he's, I think, I think he's also a stand-up. Oh, so he goes nice. and does his comedy bits at, at shows, too. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Very cool. Well, we went to we went to the original. It's called the Original International Soup Kitchen, I think is the name of the restaurant. The like the, what it looks like, you know, wh what the soup Nazi was based on. Yeah. And it's delicious. Yeah, we it got was soup. very good. We got soup and we went and like stood in a corner and drank. We it. stood basically in a construction site because you yeah. know it's just the city. And we're trying to find COVID an out of the way place. To, like, hide yeah, and, and we're just eat. drinking it like uh, you know it's coffee. Um, was but it, it was good? Delicious. Yeah, it, it was, was really it was good. very good. The does original any, soup like, kitchen. Does it have any Seinfeld? Yeah, it, it does. does. It has like a poster of the the guy that you met, I guess, and it's Larry Thomas. For you. And then it has a picture of um George of. George, Jason Alexander, right? Yeah. And he's like, yes, soup for me. Yeah. And, and like a couple little signs that are like, it's us. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah, so you get the soup, right? And then you also get, well, so when we got it, when we went together, there was uh, an apple inside and then an Andy's candy, like a chocolate mint as well. So that was yeah. nice. Like we yeah. just expected soup. And then I went yesterday because I still wanted soup and I was in the area and I got a banana and a Linder candy. <laughs> so like, I don't know if like different days of the week, maybe you get like a, a strawberry and a Twizzler or like, you know, something, but like, um, it was nice to have like a little dessert, a little piece of fruit, and then whatever soup you got. Yeah, so, that is really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's cute. It's like the opposite of what 
they show in the show. Like, yeah, and, like and they were so t- nice. Banana and, like, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but and yeah, especially you were just saying they were so nice. It was especially different from the show in that it was not at all like the systematic, you know, thing yeah. that you see in the show, which apparently it was at one time, but I don't know if it's they, how long ago they gave that up or if they gave it up because of COVID, but it was like actually annoyingly the opposite. <laughs> like there were people that like we got there and somebody was like, oh, you go ahead of me, you know, and it's like, it's okay. No, you can Have you go. Have been here before? Yeah. yeah. Great. And then, right. yeah. And then like people were coming, like stepping ahead of us and we we're like, hey, you can't. No, we, we are next, you know, and like it was just kind of this like like milling about of people in front of the store. And it just it, it was just funny that it was so different than like what it actually was on the balance. I'd prefer that to like the, you know, like one crab bisque, please, you know, <laughs> and move to the side. But um, yeah. And the guy was just yeah, he was super nice. Yeah, he was nice and like moved slowly. Yeah, <laughs> it was fine. And they seem to be doing well. uh with business yeah they days. seem to be they seem to be holding up i mean we've walked by a number of times and there's always like people getting soup i mean the place Ooh. is is like constructed to be served right onto the street anyway yeah right so i think it just almost a window yeah yeah. Basically. yeah yeah so i don't think it impacted the business really in any way uh and then the next episode was the secretary which I'm trying to figure out. George, George's secretary. George's yep. secretary. Uh-huh. It's a raise. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm giving you a raise. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. Uh, and that was, uh, we picked that one because that's also the episode where Elaine is a victim of the mirrors at Barney's. The yeah. mirror, the oh, skinny the mirror, mirrors. It's a skinny mirror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that one, yeah. And so we went the by black. where Barney's used to be. Yeah. The used black to be. dress. Right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. Um, so yeah, Barney's isn't there anymore. Where was it? It's on Madison Avenue, I think 600 or something. 600. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, but they closed. Or 660. One of the two. Last was that the year. only Barney's or was that like I'm pretty the sure. famous Barney's? I'm pretty sure it's the only, there might've been some like, uh, no, I think it was just that one store. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but they went out of business like sometime last year or the year before, I think. Yeah. And, and now it's a... Fred's restaurant at Barney's. Like Fred's I don't know. Restaurant. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to do a Flintstones like gag or <laughs> the owner's really named Fred. Oh, Fred and Barney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's not <laughs> open right now either. It's like uh, COVID closed. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that I feel like just a brief aside. We because we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, that episode, the secretary episode, like we were talking about, like what holds up and what doesn't. And that one, I'd say, like, fully does not hold up. <laughs> because just of... as far as, like, and I'm not even, like, I'm not offended, but just as far as, like, would this be made today? Right. And, like, the fact that George is, like, hiring a secretary and he has to, like, specifically hire an unattractive woman so that he won't be distracted. And, like, he's being praised for, like, that's very good of you to, like, do this for someone and then he like ends up sleeping with her anyway. And it's like this, like on the first day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, like it, it's, and it's still funny. And it doesn't like not hold up in a way where I'm like my clutching my pearls or something. Like it's still funny, but like I can never imagine that being written today. I agree with you. I don't think it would. Yeah. There are, I, I was actually thinking about that. It's just like a lot of, 
I mean, it's praised as being groundbreaking television, which it is. But there are also a lot of ways that they addressed certain issues that definitely wouldn't fly nowadays. Yeah. Totally. That being a good example. Yeah. No, I yeah, when we watched it, I was like, this does not pass the the te like the internal test of, you know, like I saw it and I was like, this is shitty. Yeah. Why is like cuz not only like also George goes through the sequence where uh, they're like two beautiful secretaries and he's like uh, you know, your resume is perfect, uh, you know all the programs, uh, but I've forgotten my name when I look at you, so I can't hire you. <laughs> or it's just like, you're just too beautiful, I want to kiss you right now, or something like, so just like, stuff that's just like, it's, it's a like joke. I'd give I an get arm it. and a leg to like, yeah. see you naked, see if it's Yeah, yeah, so I'm so right. sorry, you can't have a job. <laughs> right. It's like which is like that, even, and actually that part, I think is like, not only would it not be written now, but like, I don't even think it would have been funny then like that particular part of it right yeah but like it's actually been rare where like re-watching a lot of these with like a critical eye i don't feel like a lot of it i still feel like is really funny and it of course like also just the delivery is just yeah yeah all the characters are just so they nail it yeah yeah, yeah. and i guess that's actually part of it like when it's just performed so well it kind of like you can forgive a little bit of the like oh you're not perfectly like with the times because it's just performed so well right and maybe that's part of why the secretary doesn't hold up as well because it's like i don't know if the performance by george is like top notch mm -hmm. in that particular episode like usually really on point but i think the main reason why the, that they pulled that off then was because they're probably like, yeah, it's George. <laughs> like, yeah. Haven't you been watching this for the past seven seasons? Like, he's the worst. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, what could you expect anything more of him? And that's like, that's such a good point too, because yeah. yeah, it isn't about like, is this gonna fly with our audience? Are they gonna think this is good? Because it's like, no, they won't and they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it circles back to what I said before, just like, what are you putting out into the world? And if yeah. your response is like, well, it's not real. It's like, it, it is, like in a weird, like, it just think about when you're a creator, like, even if it's not meant to be real, it is real in ways that you might not even necessarily understand, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So like, what are you putting out in the world? Why? And it is, I mean, I do, I think it's cool even though I think generally people were upset that the last episode was how it was, yeah. where they're like, they're immediately called out, or not immediately, they are roundly called out as bad people by all of the people coming back. And I think a lot of people were like, well, this isn't like, this isn't what I wanted. Like, it doesn't feel like a particularly good last episode. But like, at, at least they were like definitive, like, no, you have to understand, like, these are bad people, you know? Right. Don't get it twisted, you know? Um, I don't think anybody likes final episodes. I think every like television show that ends, people are like, what generally, shit. generally, yeah. especially yeah. when it's like on for as long as this, like one of these shows that's running for so long right. and you get so attached to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like nine seasons is a long time, and then you're like, wait, they're going away and they're going to jail. Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so from uh, there, uh, I don't know if we have an episode for this. But just up the block, 
is uh, either 600 or 660, I'm not sure, Pendant Publishing, mm. where Mr. Littman oh, works. Yeah, so, right. so uh, for like seasons two to five, that's where, or three to five, something like that, that's where Elaine worked. And so, you know, it was just basically the establishing shot of whatever yeah. was happening there. So we passed there. Quick question. Yeah. When there's like, they have those little scenes on the show of like a building of like a floor, mm-hmm. yeah. a certain level. Yeah. Does that, um, what what's it called? Facts about nothing? Uh, maps about nothing. Maps about nothing. Does that guy actually, is he like, it's the eighth floor of this building, like this window. Um... Uh, do you I think he like can like, narrow it down that much? I'm actually not sure. I feel like maybe, because every time there's something listed, he also does like a little description of like why it's important in that episode. So I can't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like, I feel like he, I mean, if he doesn't, he definitely has the potential to do that <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> so the next one we went to was La Boite en Bois. Man, I don't know. I'm probably butchering that. Uh, it's a restaurant on 68th Street that I think showed up several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the instance that we did was the wallet episode, which is like a very uh, Seinfeld family heavy episode uh, where uh, Jerry's dad thinks that the wallet has been stolen from his pocket when he's going to see the back specialist. Oh, yeah. And that actually doesn't pay off. Until later in the season, we didn't even no, talk about like this. No, it's like a to-be-continued thing. Well, no, no the oh. episode's a to-be-continued, but the wallet comes back later in the season. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's stuck in Jerry's uh, couch. Oh, oh and his couch cushion. Yeah, and, and like he find like he it, it causes all sorts of problems, uh, and uh, yeah, and Jerry's dad just finds it's like eh, whatever you know at some yeah, point. They couldn't go back to Florida or something because he lost I guess his something about I don't remember oh, wow. exactly. Yeah, uh, but it so they have dinner with Uncle Leo at uh, La Boite on Boys, yeah. and uh, he has uh, Jerry's watch on that Jerry threw out in the garbage, <laughs> and because he didn't want to get it fixed because it didn't keep time. And, uh, and so, yeah, Jerry buys it back from him and whatnot. And then Jerry buys a wallet for his dad and it had Velcro. And so his dad was like, this is trash. And it had like, (laughs) it had $400 in it. But then Uh, Uncle Leo ends up like picking that up out of the trash too. So it's like this whole like circular, like infinity loop of like Jerry's parents buying him something, him throwing it away, his uncle finding it in the trash and then Jerry buying his parents and like, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. But, like, never being able to actually, like, talk to each other. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the addition of Jerry and George's parents to the show is, like, masterful. Like, Mm. it adds, like, this whole other dimension of, like, where do these people come from and why are they so insane, you know? Oh, now we know why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so, like, I would say that Jerry's parents are on the balance less crazy. Like, Jerry's... Jerry's mom is not really crazy yeah. other than she thinks her son is untouchable. Like he's, <laughs> he's the greatest person ever. Jerry's dad is, he's crazy. Uh, you know, he has like, he just is hung up on things constantly. Yeah. And then George's parents are like balls to the wall, insane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just every time they're on is so enjoyable, you know? Yeah. I think Incredible. Frank is my favorite character. 
Yeah. Frank okay. is, yeah, yeah, he is so good. <laughs> Frank and Estelle, they're yeah. definitely, yeah. They're so good. Yeah, and of course, Frank was, ended up, he was on the King of Queens for like eight or nine years too, or however oh, long really? that show ran. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was Kevin James's dad. No, he was the wife's uh, dad, I oh, think. Wow. Leah Romini or whatever, whatever, I forget her name in, uh, in on the show. But yeah, I mean, he, he had, and he's Ben Stiller's father, Jerry Stiller. Uh, I don't oh. know if, yeah, and he—I mean—he had such an amazing late career. You know, that last twenty years or so was just an yeah. icon. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, so yeah, so we go to that restaurant, and then uh, we go to uh, the dinner party episode. The dinner party episode is where they go to get the babka uh, to join, like the chocolate babka, yep. uh, in order to you know go to this dinner party. And we went to the location. Yeah. And this is the one that is no longer a bakery. It's now a Jenny Craig. Oh, yeah. That's what things. you were telling me. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Which yeah. is absurd because we were like, where's the bakery? Where's the bakery? Wait. And then we were like, no. Uh, it's a Jenny Craig. <laughs> Just the exact opposite. Yeah. But that was a good episode. Uh, where that's where he stole it from the old lady. Right? No, it's the marble rye. Yeah, yeah. The babka is the one where they like are going to this party, and Elaine insists that they all have to bring something. And so, like George and Kramer go to get wine. Jerry and Elaine go to the bakery to get the babka. They like don't get a ticket, and somebody else gets the last babka, and then they get the cinnamon babka, and there's a hair in it, so they have to wait, and someone's that this guy like steps on her foot with his cane and it's like this weird that's like I feel like that's my favorite part of it it's just this like weird side actor that has this one moment where he steps hard on <laughs> he's like now's foot. my big break yeah. <laughs> and he's like sorry yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, like insane. it's like this so bizarre doesn't make any sense but um that's yeah. the black and white cookie episode yeah uh, and uh yeah. that's the uh the Gore-Tex episode that you were oh, yeah, referenced earlier where George has the Gore-Tex jacket and then he, they go to buy uh, the liquor, liquor store can't break a hundred. I remember. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they so they buy to, the like, penthouse, uh, yeah. and then the Clark Bar, and something else. Yeah. And then they get double parked in by Saddam Hussein ultimately, which is another one of those things that, like, uh, you know, Saddam Hussein meant one thing then, and then he's he's like taken on these other dimensions, you know, since then too. Where right. it was like back then it was just the Gulf War, and it was like this weird week long war we had with Iraq. And then, like, since then, it was Operation Iraqi Freedom, and he was, you know, tried and, you know, executed and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, was, it was definitely a, uh, really a different vibe. Really crazy reference yeah, yeah, to for watch sure. now, yeah. of course. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, and so then from there, do we go all the way up to Tom's Restaurant? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and on the way, we passed Jerry's apartment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we hit Tom's Restaurant, and I think that's our last stop of the walk before That's we turn the to the last home. stop in manhattan there is one location we go in queens where is jerry's house it's um 81st street it's 129 81st which oh, is yeah, the same 129 yeah but we uh we went to the site of where the costanzas live oh yeah the gray it's a beautiful block. Yeah, like I bet it, it is. it's like the I don't I don't know if it's technically a duplex. I don't know. It's like it's a giant home that has like two separate, you know, things. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, it was like the birds chirping and like all the houses are like that on there like Where exactly is it? So, it's 
in the show, it's Kew forest Gardens Hills. or Forest Hills. In the forest show, Hill. they say it's Forest Hills. In the Hills. show, it's Forest Hills. In real life, it's in Astoria, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like kind of like interior Astoria, not like closer to the water, but like right. a little bit closer to the, you know, in the I'm just the wondering, like, how are Jerry and George like even, fr did Jerry grew up in Manhattan, didn't he? Well, Jerry Seinfeld, the human, grew up in Long Island. Jerry Seinfeld, the character, I guess grew up in Queens? I thought it was Bayside for some reason. Maybe. But I don't remember. They, I mean, I do know, I don't have all my history together but from some of the episodes i know that he was friends with george from a kid because there was the summer george and then the where they that guy whatever his name he had a van and then he goes into central park and like digs holes it was like, <laughs> his, summer, it was like yeah, his jerry yeah. it was like his bizarro friend like his bizarro well bizarro is a separate right? thing but yes but it was like the equivalent it was a he's like you don't like the van yeah yeah <laughs> no i love the van yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so so george <laughs> was definitely friends with him from a child but they also both went to Queens College together on the show because uh, they like one time he gets a Jerry gets an alumni newsletter like talking about how the pilot got picked up and then dropped. Mm -hmm. And like uh, George, it's the marine biologist episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, they and George is like never in the alumni newsletter. But then, uh, yeah, later Jerry's at the ATM or something. Yeah. And, and he sees he sees a woman who asks after George, and then Jerry says he's a marine biologist, so he has to pretend that he is, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they've, they've known each other forever, and I presumably they grew up together, you know, Got it. in the same location. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was a nice house? It was really nice. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, I mean, I was like, I, it's so funny when you, like, when I think about when I was younger, especially like my family is not my like i didn't grow up in the city but my father and my mother were from middle village queens mm -hmm. and i remember we would go there you know on holidays or just random times and i i just never saw much of an appeal to middle village i thought like long island was cooler but now like when i look at these like queens neighborhoods i'm like these are awesome like yeah. i you know i totally want a house here this makes complete sense you know yeah for sure but like yeah. i'm sure when i was watching seinfeld i was like queens ugh, you know i i feel that way when i when i ride out like th through maspeth yeah and glendale and places like that or like any of any of those places the houses look so much nicer to me now yeah totally i yeah. love to be out here yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. i know and even just like I mean, even the difference of, like, growing up in the suburbs and then moving into the city, and now when I see a house that has, like, a little yard, I'm like, mm, that's so nice. Like, yeah. a separated home? Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. can have that in Queens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. not that far. Yeah. yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's all tidal, right? You know? Because uh, it's funny, there's an episode... Uh, is it the baby shower or I don't uh, know what it's called where Jerry gets free cable and Elaine hosts oh, a, yeah. a baby shower in his apartment and whatnot. And then George goes to confront a woman who got uh, ketchup or something all over his chocolate, chocolate, chocolate all over his, yeah. all over his shirt. And he's telling the story of how he got the chocolate all over his shirt. And he was like, she, she was a performance artist. And he was like, she dragged me out to the waterfront in Brooklyn. 
and I had to go watch her performance piece in some warehouse. And he was just like disgusted at the idea of having to go to Brooklyn. I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. I don't know. He's, I mean, it sounds like given the time and era, they were probably referencing like Williamsburg. And I'm sure yeah. Larry David went out there yeah. for like some, you know, date that he just hated, you right. know. But uh, yeah, it's just funny. Like people that... still, people like that still exist. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I have to go to Brooklyn. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. For me, I'm like, oh, I have to go to Manhattan. But I'm yeah. also like, okay with it. I'm yeah, like, cool. exactly. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> cool. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird. Like, I mean, I don't want to take us on too much of a tangent, but like. It feels like how, like, your bubble, too. Like, if you're used to just, like, being in this one neighborhood and doing everything in one neighborhood, like, going even across borough feels like forever totally. to get to. Yeah. But then if you're used to, like, like even one year ago, probably, going into the city is like, ugh, I have to go into the city today. Whereas now, like, we just walk, like, we just got <laughs> back from like, the oh, city. Like, we only have to go the into Queen's the city. Bridge, yeah, yeah. Or over yeah, the Queensboro yeah. Bridge, you know, and, like, all the way down. We were in, like, uptown earlier this afternoon. And it's like, that doesn't feel like that far away anymore. Yeah, or, like, we're totally if you're biking distorted. or if you're doing, like, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You guys yeah. probably have such a different uh, idea of the city than a um, majority of people it definitely gives you a different perspective and like yeah so now like especially now when i hear something like that that's referenced like i had to go all the way out to brooklyn i'm like shut up (laughs) (laughs) it's okay come on uh we should pivot to talking about uh your music because we said we wanted to talk about that yeah oh sure yeah uh you well i don't know what direction you want to go with uh i know you're doing a uh, a, a music video soon and you also had an album come out recently was it an EP or an LP or? Uh, yeah it was more like an EP yeah but I kind of I call it an album yeah. yeah nice but it was under Hirsch guy yeah and uh, when COVID hit I was just like not really doing anything so I just like recorded an album in my room and it turned out pretty good nice and I love to record stuff and then let it sit for a while because I love to revisit things because it gets me more motivated to finish them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm tr- if I try to rush it to get finished, then I won't be completely satisfied. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm making something, I'll be like, oh, I don't know how this sounds. I don't really like it. And then if I check on it about two weeks later and it sounds good, that's how I know that it's something to continue with. Nice. Mm. That's I- a cool process. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Nine times out of ten, when I first recorded, I'm like, Psh, whatever, this is garbage. Right. I don't care. It's stupid. Yeah. And then I'll come back to it two weeks later. I'll be like, definitely. Nice. All right, I'm down. So that's kind of how all the songs became what they were. Nice. Nice. It's, well, it's good to know that's your process. I think some people just get to this is trash and never revisit it, you know? like Totally. And that's yeah. a shame. Sometimes it takes a little more energy than I'd like to actually revisit but yeah when yeah I do I always it's always worth it nice you were saying the other day that you've been like since the beginning of COVID going back and forth with one of your friends is that how you made that album too did you um, like send it to someone to review or is if, it all just like on your own um a lot of the main parts of the music was were on my own but here and there I'll have a guitar track that's my friend Joey or a guitar track that's Nat and on a couple of songs I actually had some friends like help me with like lyrics and melodies 
So it's a very collaborative effort. Um, couldn't have done it without some of my friends. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I have a new album coming out with my friend Josephine. And uh, she and I went back and forth with like, I would send her a drum beat and then she'd come back with like guitar tracks and vocals and then we'd like shape it. And a couple months go by and now we have a whole album. We showed it to uh, our friend Tim who's works a record label called Dig and he's going to put it out. Nice. I put it out on vinyl, so it's all like this corn. It's kind of like this quarantine project that ended up actually being something, and I, I like it because it actually has a story to yeah. it. Yeah, it's not just like oh we're putting out a new album. It's like, well, we were both going crazy in our <laughs> banging our heads against the wall. We were sending each other tracks, and it just all fell into place. Anyways. Nice. Yeah. Is that going to be under Hirschguy or Josephine or like a new name? Uh, it's going to be Her uh, Josephine and Hirschguy. Cool. Nice. Yes. And is there any like internet way people can follow like when this will come out or any? Uh, yeah, if you follow Hirschguy on Instagram. Nice. Or Josephine Network. Nice. Cool. Either one. Nice. And, and then you're recording a music video this weekend. Yeah. That, that's just Hirsch guy, though, That's right? just Hirsch guy. It's just out of fun. My friend really wants to make a video, and he really likes the song. And I have no plans for this song at the moment, but he has a bunch of ideas for the video. Oh, cool. So we're kind of just doing it while we can. Making it happen. It'll be like a single yeah. release. Yeah. Is that, I was listening to it yesterday, and then I listened to it with Mike today, that song, and... I was wondering, did you do everything on that song? Oh, uh, I had Josephine play uh, one guitar track on it. Okay, but you did like, because there's multiple, I noticed, I didn't notice this yesterday, I didn't notice till like the fourth listen, but there's like multiple vocal tracks. Yeah, we doubled the vocal tracks. But it's all you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It blows my mind. Like I know for you guys that make music, it's probably so straightforward, but it yeah. blows my mind to understand how it can all come together and just be, it's like a one man band, but like you don't have to actually have it all attached to you at once. Yeah. You can have four of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I just started working on a, I, I did most of my last album on a four track uh, Tascam cassette four track. And these new recordings I'm doing right onto my computer on Logic. Man, was I late to the, late to the game. <laughs> yeah, I should have yeah. been doing this like 10 years ago. It's, like, <laughs> it's incredible. That's awesome. So it's been great tracking. on, yeah. on And I like to keep organized, too. Yeah. So organizing all your tracks a lot easier. Yeah. That's so great. I've been having a great time with that over the pandemic. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, thanks so much for joining us, man. This thanks is really a lot me. of fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this has been great. I really want to check out some of those spots, actually. I actually do want to go to that soup kitchen. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. so tasty. And yeah, it's worth it just to like feel like you're in a little bit of that world. For sure. Yeah. Try the bisque. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. I mentioned it now, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's it. Thanks for watching or listening or however you take, took this in. Thanks for taking it in. Yep, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Seinfeld extravaganza odyssey. I think that's what I want to say, odyssey. Mm. If this is your first time joining us, uh, please do the, the liking, the subscribing, the sharing, uh, all that stuff uh, so that we can continue um, 
you know, getting the word out about walking five marathons a week around New York City. Yeah, we got to tell everyone. We want everyone to know that this is an option That's how right. you can live your life if you so choose. That's right. And yeah, next week we have, I think we're going to be doing a on the road episode. So that should be a little fun. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. But until then, take care. Bye. Bye.